last week as we started the series Baby God, we saw the breadcrumbs that God left in the Old Testament, in the prophecies of being able to uh, uh, point to the baby God that will be coming. And then, uh, but the very first prophecy, the Genesis 3.15 prophecy, that there is going to come a one that was going to uh, defeat Satan and defeat sin and defeat the hostility of Satan, um, that's, that's the prophecy that, 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 that all other prophecies are anchored in uh, throughout the Old Testament. And in fact, the people that got confused about what the Messiah was really going to be uh, in the Gospels, when they got confused, they were confused primarily because they forgot that Genesis 3.15 was the anchor prophecy. And that the, the, the Messiah was going to free us from the hostility of Satan, not free us from Rome or any other government. But see, <clears throat> we now have a problem. We've got an issue. We've got a problem. We've got a huge conundrum on our hands. Because this one that, was going, that would come to defeat Satan, he cannot be from Adam's seed. He cannot be from the seed of man. Because every person from the seed of man falls into the hostility of Satan, succumbs to his hostility. But in order to be a true substitution sacrifice, he still had to be human. You already know the spoiler to the story, right? You already know the spoiler to the conundrum. Think about not knowing the spoiler to the conundrum. This is a major issue. Cannot come from Adam's seed, cannot come from the seed of man, but also must be human. How are we going to solve this problem? Today we're going to look at the conception and how that solves that problem, but take that a step deeper because who cares about the theology of the virgin birth if it does not impact our life? If it doesn't impact us, it's just knowledge. And as Paul says, knowledge puffs up. So how does that impact us? We actually can see that through the story of when God came to Joseph and Mary to describe what he's about ready to do and what he is doing. We're going to be in Luke chapter 1. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 1. Today, actually, we'll start in Matthew chapter 1. But See, we've got these two paths in play. These two plans in play. First of all, we've got our plan happening here. We've got our plan, our direction, where we're headed. And because we're people... Because we're people, what we do is we find the path that will bring us joy, peace, and love that's before us. It's right before us. We'll find, we'll find this however we can. Whatever we think will bring us the most joy, whatever we think will bring us the most peace, whatever we think will bring us the most love, we're going to chase after that. We think that this is our hope. 
So ultimately, this is what leads us down the path that is sin. It's because we think that joy, peace, and love comes from the things that we chase that are sin. But look, the things that are sin in our life, they're God's gift to us. We just make them God's. We just make them God's. And so we think we're going to get joy from it. We think we're going to get peace from it. We think we're going to get love from it. And we come to find out, like, it's like grabbing sand or grabbing the mist. Like, we reach out and we try and grab it. We may grab something, but it just goes to our fingers. But then, we've got God's plan. Comes up like this. And God's plan, what God's plan is, is to defeat the hostility of Satan. It's to defeat sin. It's, it, it, it's to defeat the darkness and the destruction and, and the decay that comes because of sin. But see, right in the middle, where God's plan intersects ours, we've got a conflict. We've got a point of conflict. And see, if this baby really is God, this is true conflict. If this baby really is God, when our life intersects with this baby, when our life intersects with God, we cannot stay the same. Even if we keep going on our plan, we cannot stay the same. There's still going to be something different about us. That's what we call our conscience. We just won't stay the same, even if we never follow God's plan. Look, this, that perceived better future, that's our hope. That's our hope. That's where we think. This is where we think our life is best served. And you know what faith is? Faith is the gas, is the motor, is the, is, the, is the vehicle that drives us in the direction of hope. So we've got hope, the certainty of our better future. And faith is what takes us in that direction that we think is our certain better future. What happens when God intersects our life? That's what we see in the story of Mary and Joseph. Matthew chapter 1. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. Joseph's hopes, Joseph's hope, his joy, peace, and love wasn't anything sinful. He just wanted an ordinary life. Like, 2,000 years later, we should not know Joseph. How many thousands upon thousands upon thousands of young men lived in Israel during the time, this time of Joseph that we do not have a clue of their names? 
Joseph was a carpenter in Nazareth. Last week we looked at Bethlehem and how insignificant Bethlehem it was and how small Bethlehem was. It's like Chesapeake. Go out 174 to, 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 to 44. You see the sign Chesapeake and you go, where? Right? Like, you say there's something here, but there's the house. That must be Chesapeake right there. That's the Chesapeake, right? Right there. That's, that's it. And then you get to I-44 and you're like, where, where is it? That's what Bethlehem's like. That's what Nazareth is like. He's a carpenter in the town of Nazareth. But this also means Jesus did not grow up in a poor family. There's kind of a narrative out there that says that Jesus was the poorest of poor. He did not grow up in a poor family. That would have meant Joseph was a slave or that he was a day worker. Being a carpenter, even though he was in a small, small town, that general area had a great trade economy. So being a tradesman in a great trade economy meant he was okay. He wasn't great, he wasn't well off, he wasn't rich, but he was alright. But one of his hopes was to say, stay alright. If I serve people, if I do my thing, if I ply my trade, if I, if, I, if I serve people well and I have a great service and I, I can sell some stuff, my family will have a little bit. We'll stay off the radar. We'll live an ordinary life. We'll love Yahweh. We'll go to the synagogue. We'll, we'll, we'll raise normal kids that love Yahweh and go to the synagogue. That's my life. That's my hope. That's my, that's my dream. That's, that's where we're headed. But then that angel showed up. And every other young man in Joseph's life, around Joseph, this was their hope. And there was nothing wrong with it. They could serve Yahweh and they could, they could go after this hope. But for Joseph, Joseph and Mary, there came a conflict point. That their life was not going to be the same. And it had a lot to do with this baby God, right? I mean, put your, fellas, put yourself... In Joseph's shoes. My wife, 100% legal wife, but we haven't consummated the marriage yet, comes up to me and goes, hey, I got some news. You're working away, you know, you're pounding on your, your table that you're making, you know, you're working away. Hey, I got some news. You may want to sit down for this. Oh, what are you going to tell me that I need to sit down about, you know? <laughs> you're going to tell me you went off and get pro got pregnant, huh? ha, ha, ha. Well, I didn't exactly go off and get pregnant. I mean, imagine receiving that news. Imagine that. What does he do now? What is his hope in? God's plan or my own? And all just doesn't make sense. And then the angel showed up, right? But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant, give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel 
which is translated, God is with us. When Joseph got up from sleeping, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not know her intimately until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. Joseph was going along by faith in this direction, and boom, the angel showed up. What do you do now? Where's my hope going to be? Is it going to be in my plan of having an ordinary life? Because being the adoptive father of God's son, that's not an ordinary life. Think about the pressure of that one. I mean, think how hard it is raising your own kids. And then going, whoa, this is God's son. This is not going to be an ordinary life. But by faith, what did he do? Went this way. So what are the conflict points in our life? When we come across this baby God, what are the conflict points? First of all, first of all, He'll save us from our sins. We're going in this direction. We think we got joy, peace, and love nailed. But really, it's all fake. It's all a facade. It's us pursuing sin. It's us pursuing the hostility of Satan. But Jesus has, has come to defeat that. And there's going to come a point in time, and maybe that's today, that, that, that there comes a conflict in your life between the direction you're going and the direction that God wants to go because God's plan is to defeat hostility, is to birth one that defeats hostility. And He birthed this one through this baby God. And actually, he wants to birth that within you. Remember Jesus and Nicodemus? New birth? Nicodemus was confused. What do you mean new birth? You want me to go up in there again and be birthed again? What are you talking about? He wants to birth inside of you something brand new. A plan that's completely different. But there comes a point in conflict. This isn't just pray a prayer and get out of hell free and then keep going this way. This isn't that. This is, we have to see that there is hope in God's plan for, for, for sin to be defeated in our life. And then that will bring a greater joy and peace and love than we could ever experience over here. But we've got to have faith to go in this direction no matter how much externally it looks like we're giving up joy and peace and love. People around us will go, you're crazy. Remember the good times we have? You're crazy. In order to get, 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 get our own, we've got to grab for it. We've got to chase after it. You think this is going to bring us real peace, but... God has a different plan. In order to find real love, we've got to chase after it any way that we can, but God's got a different plan. And externally, it looks like we're going to give up on all of that. But the hope is, the certainty of a better future is, is that God will bring a greater hope, a greater joy, a greater peace, a greater love, because we follow after Him. And that we commit to Him. And that we commit to hearing and following His Son, the baby God. 
Because when the baby God intersects with our life, we cannot be the same. Have you committed to this? You don't have to have it all figured out. We don't have it all figured out. That's why we come and do this. Have you committed your life to hearing and following Jesus? The second conflict point we see in the story. God with us. God with us. Like, isn't that good news? It's absolutely good news. The fact that God is with us always, for all time, no matter what we've done, that's great news. But you know what happens when we start going towards God's plan? It doesn't just look like this and everything's hunky-dory for forever. What, what happens? Where do we gravitate towards? We start going this way and we gravitate back to our plan. God with us means we have another conflict point with God, right? He's like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's come back this way. Let's come back up. Let's keep going back up towards our plan. I've got something bigger for you. I've got, to, I've got to, I want to destroy the sin. So we're like, okay, okay. We come back up and what happens? We start going this way again, right? And we loop-de-loop and we go this way and we go up and we just, we end up looking like Billy off a of family circus, Right? And you're like, I thought I'm the only person like this. No, every single one of us like this. You feel like you're the only person like this is because because we like to hide this inside of church. And if the service is the only thing you ever come to, it'll feel like everybody's like this and you're just going everywhere. But if you come to small group, you'll figure out we're all jacked up. Try that for a promotion for small group. Come, you'll figure out we're all jacked up. And we're all on this journey. And we're all experiencing these God uh, uh, conflict points because he's taking us this way. We're trying to get this way. And he's just trying to keep us going up and up and up. And we're trying to go out and out and out. And we keep having these conflict points. And look, I want us to have uh, have these conflict points with God every day. Every day. Multiple times a day. Because if we read God's Word without having a conflict point, you're not reading it right. You're not reading it right. We do not look like God's Word. But He wants to take us that direction. If we're praying without conflict points, we're not praying right. If we're not praying without going, man, I'm not going in the right direction here. It's God going... Come on, come towards me. Come towards me. Come towards me. If we come to this community and into our small groups without conflict points between us and God, we're not doing it right. That's the challenge that I talk about, that we want everybody to experience challenge. And look, Jesus is Emmanuel. But God was, is, is Emmanuel from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. That is the central story of God's Word is that God is Emmanuel. It's not just Christmas when we sing about it. Emmanuel. Right? It's not just when we sing, uh, Christmas when we sing about it. God is Emmanuel all the time. And it's good news. But it also conflicts against our natural desire and direction. 
Now we flip our attention to Mary. Luke chapter 1. For the last conflict point. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin name was Mary and the angel came to her and said, Rejoice, favored woman! The Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. That, this, that phrase always like cracks me up because Mary, like a 12, 13, 14-year-old girl, has Gabriel, um, one of the main angels, show up before her. Only two times did he ever show up. One to Daniel that we saw a few weeks ago and to Mary. She's like, what kind of greeting is this? Hmm, Interesting. Then an angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, How can this be, since I have not been intimate with a man? It is clicking with her. Our hope, our plan, our ordinary life is not going to happen. For a woman in that day to have an ordinary life and go this direction, I mean, one of the top things what not to do to have an ordinary life where you are not on the radar screen is do not commit adultery. Her integrity is going to be intact, but her body was going to be giving away and telling a different story than what she is telling. And she's like, we've got a conflict point here. The direction God's taken me, not to an ordinary life where nobody will ever know my name except my immediate family and contacts. But where is her hope going to be? In the ordinary life or in God's plan? God's plan to defeat sin and the hostility of Satan once and for all. The angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who is called childless, for nothing will be impossible with God. I am the Lord's slave, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel left her. The third conflict point that we'll experience is the conflict point of nothing is impossible with God. He wants to take us towards His plan. And His plan is impossible without Him. But once we become uh, 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 on this this path, on this journey of hearing and following Him, it's no longer about Him uh, forgiving us because, because we have been forgiven. It is about us on the same journey of bringing about His plan here on this earth. That plan of defeating the hostility of Satan. Now, we are His kingdom ambassadors on this earth to bring this, this, this victory to people who have not experienced His victory. And that is impossible for us to do. You have all heard the lie. We've all heard it. God will never give us something we cannot handle. Lie! Lie, 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 lie. And some of you feel defeated because you've believed that lie. Because we've sold it. If we can handle everything in our life, then we don't need God. 
This is why I put God's plan on an upward plane. This is, this is fighting against gravity. This is fighting against the gravity that pulls us this direction. And it's impossible unless it's with God. The good news is it's the same good news that the angel told Mary, that Gabriel told Mary, God will overshadow you. God will overshadow you. He will come into your life. The Holy Spirit will come into your life, overshadow you. That allows you the ability to accomplish the impossible God's plan. Look, I've heard this sermon preached. Dream big things for God. Dream the impossible for God. Mary was not sitting around her house going, hmm, how can I do big things for God? I got it. I'll house Jesus. That was not what she was dreaming about. When God lays the impossible before us, that pulls us in the direction of His plan of of ending the hostility of sin in those lives around us, and it's impossible, what direction are we going to go? Because our gravitation is going to go towards our plan. Look, Mary and Joseph's plan, it was a good plan. It was a plan that everybody else around them had. And the, everybody else, else around them could have this plan of having an ordinary life and serve Yahweh in honesty, but not Mary and Joseph. It wasn't going to be so for Mary and Joseph. Their good plan was not a God plan. And look, I don't know how that looks for each and every one of us. It looks different for each and every one of us. And that doesn't necessarily mean go out and quit your job tomorrow so that you can go, go chase this, uh, this humongous impossible plan. But that does mean start taking face steps in, the right, in, in, in that direction because where our hope is, our faith will show it. Our faith will show where our hope is. If our hope is in the certainty that our future is better with God's plan, no matter what is happening ex- externally to us, then we will, be, we will walk in this direction. That's faith. If our certainty is that our plan will give us p- joy, peace, and love, then we'll walk in that direction and our actions will give us away no matter what our mouth says. See, hope and faith, they're the pillars of our lives. Whatever we hope in, we'll have faith in that direction. They're the pillars. Joy, peace, and love, they're the fruit. They're the fruit. They're what we receive when we find our hope and faith accomplished. And if we're heading towards God's plan, the fruit of the joy and peace and love that only God can give will come into our life. And will be evident in our life. And will be there to be given away to others. But the joy and peace and love that our plan will bring is like sand that just just exits through our fingers and just we just can never get a hold of it. See, hope is hearing and following the baby God. He's born of a virgin in order to not be born of man's seed, but also be a human. When our life intersects with this baby God, it cannot stay the same. 
let him intersect with your life. It's a conflict point, but it's worth it. Because he can give a joy and peace and love that nobody else can give. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this time. Thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for this baby God that came down. I pray, Lord, that you will continue to move in people's lives. Through these conflict points that we can see you leading us toward your plan and closer to your plan. Let our hope truly be in you. It's your name we pray. Amen.